They're all here today in the family for us. We'll, we'll check them in the after, but yeah. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to church this morning. My name's Peter. I'm thrilled to be back with you again today. And we're going to sing. We're going to worship the Lord together. How's that sound? You ready, ready to join in? All right, let's, let's all stand together. And we're going to worship. Our praises to our God.
stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. Almighty fortress, you go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadows. not up to us. We don't have to try in our own strength to make it happen. We come to a great God and He makes it happen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. This is this is the place of good news this morning. There's good news for your heart here today, alright? You don't have to do it on your own. It's His battle. That's good news. And you know what else? He loves you. He loves you like crazy and He made a way. I say crazy. I really mean it because who would come out of heaven leave all the power and glory and come and walk the dusty streets of this earth and be mistreated and deal with everything in the human existence and then die so that we could have hope forever. That is an amazing thing. The Bible says he literally became nothing. Right? One thing I've seen in the world, the older I get, I don't know if it's, I don't know, I hope I'm not becoming jaded, but one thing that's very, seems obvious to me is once somebody has power, they never want to let it go. You know? Once an entity or a person has power, they want to hang on to that. And that was not what God did. He came left it all. He came, made himself nothing as a servant so that we could know him. Oh, thank you, God. We can have hope forever. He so, so loved us. So we're going to sing this chorus. Can we just sing this chorus together? Love this. This is like right out of John 3.16, one of the most famous scriptures. For God so loved the world that he gave us. His one and only Son to save us. Whoever believes in Him will live forever, forever and ever and ever. Yeah, let's put our hands together.
to say 
left the power and glory of heaven and you came to this earth and took a lot of abuse from us and eventually died but you rose again and you defeated death you defeated sin you broke the chains forever for all who say yes to you god and so that's what we want to say this morning yes to you thank you god for your salvation for the amazing ways that you work and that you move and we're so grateful for all you're doing god in our midst pray for every heart to be encouraged this morning, everybody that's here, Lord, that we would all see you and we, we know you're going to continue to say things to our hearts now as Pastor Eric comes and preaches the word. So we love you. We say this in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said, amen. You can have a seat. Good morning. Wow, I love that song. The Bible says it's for freedom that we've been set free, right? So turn to your neighbor and say, freedom looks good on you. You know, we hear a lot um, lately about mental health and therapy, and all those things are awesome. They're awesome. But the thing about our God is he doesn't want to give you a coping mechanism to deal with what's going on, right? He wants to set you free from what's going on in your life. And there's no book you can read other than the Bible or any other, you know, mental health strategy that you can use that's going to set you free like Jesus can. And Jesus uses all those things, all the all the books, all the mental health. He uses that to set you free. But only through Jesus are we going to be truly set free. So that was such a great song today. I just loved it. Well, I want to thank you for coming today. It's so exciting to see more and more people face-to-face in church. Um, it's just a great time to, to um, be here and be encouraged through the word. And we want to say hi to everyone who watches us online. You are valued. You're appreciated. We love that you're watching us online. And we don't forget about you. We pray for you. We love you guys. And um, we can't wait to see you face-to-face hopefully soon as well. All right, you guys, so one of the things in Solano Valley Church that we are big on is groups and connection. And I was just thinking, I I don't know if I've told this story before, but the reason that my family and I are here at Solano Valley Church is that someone invited me to come to one of Joy's Bible studies, a small group. And I came to a small group. We didn't go to church here. I came to a small group at Joy and Gary's house, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I met all these wonderful ladies It was so welcoming. There was freedom there. I mean, I could ask questions. I could express my feelings there. It was incredible. And I know that so many of you guys are here because of a small group. I know that um, Jeannie is here because I invited her to a small group. 
And, you know, we worked together at the county. And one day I told her, hey, you know, Jeannie's like an avid reader. I don't know if you guys know that about her. And I was like, I want you to come to this Bible study with me. It's kind of like a book club. And she was like, oh, okay. And so she came to, <laughs> it is kind of like a book. So um, she came to the Bible study, you know, and it was, and she loved it. And she's been here ever since. And I know Michelle, okay, Christelle invited Michelle to come to Bible study. And, you know, she enjoyed it and she's here. So it's not just a time for the people of our church to get together and visit, but it's a great time for us to invite someone new who maybe might be weary to come to like a big setting it's such an important place to say hey you know there's only 10 of us we talk about the bible you can say whatever you want you can ask all the questions so i want to encourage you not only to get yourself into a small group but to think about who you work with who you live near you know who's in your circle that could really benefit from being in a small group and we have an awesome small group coming up pastor gary's going to be starting a new men's small group And he's going to be having a men's barbecue July 19th, which is tomorrow, at 6 p.m. at the Runsville's Backyard. And he wants you guys to sign up. There's going to be tri-tip. And um, right when you walk out the door, there's a sign-up sheet. And um, you just need to put what you think you want to bring. So if you want to bring beans or potato salad or I'm getting hungry just thinking about it. I can't even go, but it's okay. So um, write down what you'd like to bring, and he'd love to see you there. It's going to be a great time. You know, men really need connection, too, guys. They really need connection, too. And what a great time it is. Um, tomorrow is your chance. So, so bring yourself and think about who you might want to invite to this. All right? So I was reading in my Bible this week in um, ooh, it's second, let's see, second Chronicles. I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 9, 11. And it says, you will be enriched in every way so that you will be generous in every occasion. And through your generosity will result a thanksgiving to God. And that verse is all about how giving not only makes us more generous, but it, but it reaps the blessings onto us as well. When we give out of a joyful heart and a willing spirit, God wants to bless you through, through your giving. And I know that those of you guys who are tithers, you can see this in your own life, where there's been unexpected bonuses, you know, unexpected things that come, and you're like, wow, let me tell you, it's because you're tithing, you guys. It's because you're giving to God, because you give, he wants to bless you so that you can receive those blessings and bless other people. So I want to encourage you to to give today. There's a bunch of ways to give. I used to say four, but there's more ways than that. And so (laughs) you can go to solanovalley.org backslash giving. You can tap give on the SVC app. You can send a check through the mail to 1307 Oliver Road, Fairfield, California, 94534. You can text give to 707-883-3019. Or if you're here in person, you can drop your check in the back in that little slot by the office. So I want to thank you guys for being so generous. Because of what we you do, you're pushing the mission and the message of our church to the community. So I want to invite Pastor Gary up so that we can hear his awesome message today.
you something. Potatoes are always good, but you can sign that up on your little sign-up thing as well. So just want you to, to be aware of that. Um, one other thing uh, I want to bring to your attention is we um, uh, this morning I was reading I was reading uh, I read an article from the Wall Street Journal, very very interesting article about the recent increase in COVID COVID nineteen, and what the the Wall Street Journal reported is exactly what uh, Rich Friedrich, Doctor Rich Friedrich, who's a part of our church, uh, has shared with me as well. Uh, is that 99% of the new cases of COVID are with people who have not been vaccinated. And I know some of you may choose not to be vaccinated for whatever reason, but I strongly want to encourage you to wear your mask anytime you're in public, indoors with other people, and to practice safe distancing. And so we do this for a couple of reasons. Number one, we do this because we love the people around us, and we don't want to inadvertently get it and give it to someone who might have an, a, comp, a compromised immune system. So we do this out of kindness and love for others, as well as just kind of protecting ourselves. Uh, I always, to me, it's kind of like, I don't know, it's like driving your car. Uh, when I drive my car, I put on my seatbelt, and I practice safe distancing. You know, uh, that's what I do. So we want to encourage you to do that. Also, with regards to our children's ministry, we are following. We are following the CDC guidelines. We are following the guidelines of the state of California and uh, their health department. And the reason that we do this is because, and this is a decision. I don't make this decision all by myself. Kimberly doesn't make this decision all by herself. Uh, but what we do is we sit down, we pray, and we open our Bibles. That's what we do. We sit down, we pray, we open our Bibles. And when we read the Bible, especially if we're reading Romans chapter 13, what the Bible says is this, is this is the governing authorities are ministers of God for our good. And that we are to obey them and we are to, uh, we are to honor those worthy of honor. Now, I know some people will say, well, our current government is not worthy of honor. What I will tell you is that God disagrees with you. Okay, he does. Uh, people will say, well, our government is way more pagan now than it was back then in Rome. And I'm like, you need to read history. Caligula and Nero were not godly people. And that's when that was around the time frame that that uh, that that Paul wrote the, the book of Romans. So anyway, so what we do is in our children's area, we encourage all of our children to wear masks. And we also encourage the workers to wear masks. And it's because we want to be. See, in our church, in our church, one of our core values is we learn Scripture to live Scripture. So, so just kind of bringing you up to speed on, on what our practices are and just trying to follow what the Scriptures teach us and follow uh, what our, our, the CDC is, is telling us. So, so if you want to know more about this, Rich Friedrich, who's one of our elders, wrote up what our policy is. This was something that we prayed about. We discussed with our elder team on Sunday and what, what our decision was. And if you have children or you're involved in our children's ministry, you want to know more about it, it's back at the back at the little information stand. And, you know, and if you need to talk with me more about it or you want to talk with one of the elders about it, uh, you know, please feel free. We, we want to be approachable. We want to be approachable. So just kind of bringing you up to speed on that. Um, I want you to use your imagination with me this morning, okay? I want you to use your imagination. I want you to pretend like you're going back in time 3,500 years. Can you do this? 
It's back in time. It's 3,500 years ago. I mean, that's like way before I was born. Anybody else here was born. I want you to go back 3,500 years, and I want you to imagine yourself in a desert, a place where there's very little water, a place where there is no food. You're, you're walking along. It's hot. It's dusty, and there's a fly that keeps landing on your head. You ever have one of those? You know, it's like, okay, you know. Uh, where's the fly swatter? Oh, it wasn't invented yet, all right? Uh, So you're trying to kill the fly, all right? Uh, And your people, the nation of Israel, descendants of Abraham, the ancient Hebrews, you have just spent 400 years in very oppressive slavery. I mean, you have worked day after day, never a day off. You work from morning till night. But what God did is God heard your prayers for deliverance. And God heard the prayers of your people. And God sent a man, Moses, who has led your people out of Egypt with many signs and wonders. And God, while you are in the wilderness every day, you come out of your tent and you find these little flakes on the ground. And God provides for you every day something that the Bible calls manna. And for 40 years, every day, God provided for his people manna. Uh, that He gave them physical sustenance for, for 40 years. Now I want you to move forward. I want you to move forward uh, about uh, 1,500 years. And I want to read for you, and I want you to remember this context, but I want to read for you what the Bible tells us in, in John chapter 6. So if you have your Bible, we've been looking at John chapter 6 the last couple of weeks. We'll be looking at it again next week. Uh, but if you'll open your Bibles to John chapter 6, beginning in verse 22, and remembering that story, remembering that story, I want you to listen to, uh, to the interaction of Jesus with a group of people who are finding it very, very difficult to believe in him. Now, these people, they had just seen Jesus do something spectacular. The day before... The day before, they had followed Jesus to the east side of the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is actually a very, very large lake. It's about, I don't know, I can't remember, like, it's like 15 miles long, if I remember correctly, about, about seven or eight miles wide. And, and, and so you had followed Jesus up to this mountain, and on this, this mountain, the people were hungry. And so what, what, what Jesus did was he took five small barley loaves and he took two small fish from a little boy, with the boy's permission, okay? He didn't like go and, you know, steal his lunch money, you know? That's not the way Jesus works. But this little kid had voluntarily given it to Jesus. And what Jesus did is he gave thanks for that. And then he uh, multiplied it. And he gave it to his disciples who gave it to this crowd of people, 5,000 Men plus women and children, a group of probably 10 to 15, maybe 20,000 people. And everybody ate, and you didn't just eat a little nibble or a little snack. It's not like peanut butter and, and crackers. It's not like that, okay? But you ate like a full meal. You ate till you were stuffed. And then afterwards, the extra food was collected, and there were 12 basketfuls of leftovers. 
the, the, the people were like super excited. They wanted to take Jesus by, by force. They wanted to make him their king to overthrow Rome. And what Jesus did is he sent his disciples away in a boat. There was one boat, one boat, one boat only. He sent his disciples away in a boat to Capernaum, which was back on the west side of the Sea of Galilee. It, it was the, the, kind of the headquarters of Jesus' ministry in Galilee. And so he sends his disciples there alone while he went up on the top of this mountain. He wasn't going to be made king by these people the way they wanted. The next day, the next day, and this is where we pick up. Uh, John chapter 6, verse 22. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore, the east side of the Sea of Galilee, the crowd that had stayed on, on the opposite shore of the lake, realized that only one boat had been there, the boat that had been taken by the disciples. They realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples. But they had gone away alone. The disciples had gone away alone. Now, of course, you and me, we know the story after this. We know how Jesus, in the middle of a storm, he walks out to his disciples on the lake. And when they received him into the boat, he tells them, he tells them, uh, he says, I am, do not be afraid. I am, do not be afraid. I know it translates it, it is me or it is I. But the Greek is ego eimi. We talked about this last week, which means I am. It's the same, it's the same way that God introduced himself in, to Moses uh, in, uh, when he called him to ministry, uh, to lead Israel out. And... and, and um, and, and this is an introduction for us to who Jesus is. And there, there are going to be several of these I am statements that Jesus is going to make in the Gospel of John. Actually, there's going to be seven. There are seven signs, miracles that Jesus does. And there are seven times Jesus says I am. And he tells us something important about who he is. Where am I at? 23. Oh, okay. Uh, then some boats. Uh, uh, came uh, from Tiberias, and Tiberias is a town. I can't remember. It's either a little bit north or a little bit south of uh, Capernaum, not very far. But some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Once the crowd realized that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went to Capernaum in search of Jesus. When they found Jesus on the other side of the lake, the Sea of Galilee, they asked him, Rabbi, teacher, when did you get here? They're perplexed. Wait a second. There was only one boat. You can't walk all... Well, you can. You could walk all the way around the lake, but it'd take you a long time. How is it that Jesus already got here? Hmm. Uh, When did you get here? Jesus answered, well... This is funny to me. Uh, I don't know if you were ever a kid. You asked your mom a dad, or dad a question, and they didn't answer your question. They gave you an answer you really didn't want to hear. Okay? That's kind of what Jesus does. Jesus answers them by not answering them. Jesus answered, very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs. Now, remember, signs are used in the Gospel of John over and over again when speaking of the miracles that he did. See, they weren't just miracles, miraculous things that Jesus did, but they were miracles that had an intent, a purpose, a meaning. They had significance. 
And so he calls them signs. He says, very truly, I tell you, you're not looking for me. You're looking for me not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils. Okay? All of us need food. All of us need food for sustenance. And sometimes food, if you don't eat it in the proper time, it spoils. Jesus says, um, do not work for food that spoils, but, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. Now, when Jesus refers to himself as the Son of Man, remember, Son of Man is a messianic uh, uh, title given to the Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One, uh, that we see in the Old Testament. And this is one of Jesus' favorite titles for himself. He says, um, Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, the Son of Man, God the Father, has placed his seal of approval. Then they asked him, What must we do to do the works of God? Jesus answered, The work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So they asked him, what sign? Interesting question. Didn't they just see him feed 5,000 people, 5,000 men plus women and children? What sign? What sign? Um... What sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors, those guys, you know, roughly 1,500 years ago, our ancestors, uh, they, they ate manna in the wilderness as it's written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Uh, Jesus says, very truly, 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 I tell you, very truly, I tell you. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Again, the people, they're just not getting it. Uh, Again, they're assuming that he's talking about physical bread, like the bread he gave them when he fed them on the other side. And they're missing the significance and the importance of what he's wanting to give them. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, uh, as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All those that the Father gives me, all those that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, not to do what pleases me, but to do the will of him, God the Father, who sent me. And this is is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of those he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. 
For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life. And I will raise them up at the last day. Let me pray for us real quick, and then we're going we're to talk about this stuff a little bit more, okay? Uh, God, today, more than anything else, we just want to hear from you. Uh, I, I ask, God, that you would, would, would help us to... Help us to, to see the reality of who Jesus is and how he's revealed himself to us. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So, real quick here, real quick, let me give you one overriding principle, okay? Central point. If you don't get anything else from what we've read today, this one thing above all things that I want you to see, that I want you to understand. To people reluctant to believe, okay? To people reluctant to believe, real quick, let me pause before I say this. To people reluctant to believe. There have been times in my life where believing in God, believing in Jesus, believing in the Bible has been easy for me. There have been times in my life where believing in God, believing in Jesus, and believing in the Bible has been difficult for me. I, I've shared with you a story. I don't want to go into a lot of detail on it because I'll get lost. But I can remember, oh, wow, that was 40 years ago. 40 years ago, probably right about now. 40 years ago, I was working as a missionary in, in Budapest, Hungary. Uh, it was before the fall of the Berlin Wall. It was before the fall of the Soviet Empire. It was when uh, that part of the world was still known as being, quote-unquote, communist country behind the Iron Curtain. It was not necessarily the friendliest place to be a Christian, nor was it the most dangerous place to be a Christian. But it was just, it was different. And I'd been working there as a missionary. Uh, I'd been there working as a missionary, and I was really struggling with disappointment. I was struggling with, in some measure, some disappointment with myself and some things that I was having a hard time dealing with in my life, uh, areas of sin. And, uh, and I, 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 in my mind, it was kind of like I felt like I'm doing everything that God tells me to do. I'm trying to obey God. I'm trying to do what's right. But I couldn't. And in my disappointment, I started to think, you know, I'm not even sure if this stuff is true. And here, you know what? You know what's really hard to do is to be a missionary when you're not sure if you believe in God. It's hard to do. And I remember I was really struggling at that time, and I'm not going to go into detail everything that I did and how God, I felt like, spoke to me in the middle of that. But there have been times where, for me, it's been hard. I've been a, what I would call, a reluctant believer. By the way, if you're a reluctant believer, you're welcome in this church. There are some people, for them, it's very, very easy to believe, and they've never questioned. If that's you, praise God. By the way, let me encourage you to do something. Be very, very humble. Because sometimes when people find it easy to believe, they can become what I would call toxic. Toxic. Toxic believers. They kind of create this, like, we're a little bit better than they are because we believe and they don't. We can't do that and honor Jesus. We've got to always be humble in our faith. And we want to give people really good reasons for believing, but we want to do it in a way that is humble and gracious and filled with hope. So, back to this. 
to people reluctant to believe, because that's exactly the kind of people that Jesus is speaking with here. To people reluctant to believe, Jesus reveals himself as the bread of God who gives eternal life to all who believe in him. Now, a quick word, a word about uh, the unbelieving, a word about the unbelieving. And in just a few thoughts here, a few thoughts here. Number one, some people who are unbelieving seek Jesus, but they seek him for the wrong reason. Okay, some people. Some people who are unbelieving, they seek Jesus, but they seek him for the wrong reason. So what happens in this text is is that there are these people who've seen this great miracle, and they're seeking Jesus because they want another great miracle, but they're missing the point of the sign. And so they're seeking him, but they're seeking him for food that perishes. Now, some people, they, they seek God for all the worldly blessings that they can receive from him. This is one of the major problems with the prosperity gospel. Is it's focused on being rich in the things of this world instead of being rich in God. And so some people who are unbelieving seek Jesus, but they seek him for the wrong reason. Secondly, some people who are unbelieving, they want to do the works of God. But they fail to see that the work of God is to believe and the one he sent. So sometimes, sometimes people think, well, if I can just do this, and if I can just do this, and if I can just do this, and, and, and this happens in toxic religion, is people will pile rule upon rule upon rule upon rule upon rule upon rule to what it means to be faithful and true to God. Now, this happened a lot with the Jews, and by the way, it still happens today with Christians. Is that sometimes we make our religion all about rule keeping, and that's not what it is. See, the gospel isn't rule keeping. The gospel is not legalism, nor is the gospel license. The gospel is not moralism, nor is the gospel relativism. The gospel is good news. Good news that God does for you and does for me what we could never do for ourselves. And what we are to do is we are to believe in him. And what they did is they were struggling. And and they're asking Jesus, they said, what must we do to do the works of God? And Jesus says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. That's it. You mean I can just believe in Jesus and that's it? I'm going to go to heaven? That's exactly it. Well, wait a second, don't I have to follow all these rules? Look, what would I ever do? by rule-keeping, that could add anything to what Jesus has done for me? I mean, how many Bible verses could I memorize that would add to what Jesus has done? I mean, you know, how many times can I read through the Bible? I mean, how many times can I walk a little old lady across the street? We'll see when my wife is a little old lady. Right now, she's a nice young lady, okay? She's a little young lady. But, you know, it's not like all those things I can do are going to add to what God has done. That the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Third thing, third thing. Sometimes people who are unbelieving ignore one sign while asking for another. It's like they see Jesus do something, but then they ask him to do something else so that they'll believe. Now, here's the problem. is Jesus will do something else, and then they'll ask, we'll do something else. We'll do something else. We'll do something else. And sometimes what happens is... 
while looking for a sign, we miss the obvious. So, you know, that, 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 that all of creation points to a creator. All of creation points to a creator. That there are miracles around us every day, and because they're around us every day, sometimes we miss, we think, well, it's not a miracle. Kind of like the manna for the people of Israel when they were in the wilderness. Every day, God gave them a sign. And guess what they did? They grumbled against God. That signs really are not for unbelievers, they're for believers. So what is the word of Jesus to the reluctant, reluctant believer? Who is Jesus, not according to me, okay? Who cares what I think? Who is Jesus according to Jesus? And what does Jesus say to those who are reluctant to believe in him? And there's a lot here. So I'm going to say it fast, okay? Number one, Jesus is, who is Jesus according to Jesus? Jesus is the bread of God who comes down from heaven and gives eternal life to the world. That's what we see in verses 32 and 33. Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, it's not Moses who's given you bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. The true bread meaning him. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven. That's what Jesus did. Jesus is the bread of God who came down from heaven and gives life to the world. He didn't just come to save people who were from a Jewish background. He came to save all kinds of people. He wants to save all kinds of people, meaning he wants to save you and he wants to save me. Number two, Jesus is the bread of life. It's kind of like the same thing, but Jesus is the bread of life. Whoever comes to him will not go spiritually hungry. Whoever believes in him will never be spiritually thirsty. That that Jesus didn't come to satisfy my every physical want. He didn't. But he did come to satisfy our every spiritual need. Are you with me? Is that those who believe in Jesus, they will not go spiritually hungry. They will not go spiritually thirsty. That he came to satisfy our spiritual needs, our deepest, most important longings. Uh, This doesn't mean food isn't important, but eternal life is more important. Third thing Jesus says, Uh, To those who are reluctant to believe in him, to those who do not believe in him, Jesus says that all that the father gives to me, this gives a lot of people gas. Okay, they don't necessarily like this teaching of Jesus. A lot of people would like to write this out of their Bibles. But to those who do not believe in him, Jesus says that all that the father gives to Jesus will come to Jesus. You know what the word all means? All. It doesn't mean some. It doesn't mean one or two. It means all. The, the, Jesus says that, that, that uh, here in verses 36 and the first part of verse 37, he says, as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives to me will come to me. Okay? And so... Uh, and so what, what Jesus says to them 
is that those that the Father gives him will come to him. Uh, fourth thing that Jesus says to those who do not believe in him, he says this. Uh, Jesus says, whoever comes to me, he will never turn away. This is in the last part of verse 37, where, where Jesus says this. He says, whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Folks, please, please, I don't want to lose you at this point. This is so important. Sometimes people feel like, I could never come to God. Sometimes people believe, I, you know, God wouldn't want me. That I, I'm not good enough, or I'm not this, or I'm not that. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever experienced rejection from a person or from people. You know, I've, I've had that experience before. But you know what? Jesus has never... At any time in all of the history of humanity, ever turned away anyone who's come to him. That there, God wants you. Jesus wants you. He wants you to come to him. And he will not turn you away. Um, number five. God has a will. And God's will is that Jesus will not lose anyone given to him by the Father. But Jesus will raise them up on the last day. Now, folks, this one here is so important. This is like, well, they're all important. But, you know, what, what I want you to understand, what I want you to understand is that when God saves you, you are saved forever. I mean, let me, let me, let me just ask you a question. Can you undo what God has done? Anybody here mighty enough, great enough that they can undo what God has done? When God is the one who gives you to the Son, when the Son is the one who will not send you away, um, when... When God says that the Son will not lose any that he has given to the Son, but he'll raise them up on the last day, what that means is the moment that you are saved, you are saved all the way to the day of your future resurrection. One day all of us are going to die, unless Jesus comes back before then. All of us, one, one day all of us are going to die, but this is what you can be sure of. If you have come to Jesus, if you have believed in Jesus, you have eternal life. This life is a life not just of an uh, unending duration, but it is a life that is eternal in character and nature. And it is not a life that we ever, ever, ever lose. Finally, last thing I want you to see is this, is that God has a will. And God's will is that everyone who looks to Jesus and believes in him will have eternal life and God will raise them up. The God's will is for everyone who looks to Jesus and believes in him. You know, I, I think the assumption is we're in church and everyone's already believed. And certainly many, uh, many people have. But for someone here today, for someone who's joining us, Hey, guys on Facebook, uh, guys on YouTube, 
but for someone who's with us either through YouTube or on Facebook or someone here, you may be at that place where you've been thinking about following Jesus. You've been thinking about believing in Jesus, but you haven't yet done that. And so for you, I would just encourage you to make that decision today. If you'd like to talk with me more about it, I'm more than happy to do that. For those of you watching either on Facebook or YouTube, if you want to give me a call, I'd be happy to talk with you, meet you for coffee, whatever. But I would be happy to talk to you more about this. Now, the, the way, you know, um, in believing in Jesus, one way to express your faith, your belief in him is just through prayer. And what I would encourage you today, if you're thinking about it, is to just say this prayer. God, today... I want you to save me. Okay, it's not real important the words you say, but just say, hey, God, I want you to save me. I want you to save me. Lord Jesus, I believe that you are the bread of God who's come down from heaven, who gives eternal life to all who believe in you. I believe you were sent by God to die on the cross for me. I believe that you were raised again on the third day. I ask you to come into my life, forgive my sin, Give me eternal life and make me the kind of person that you want me to be. And it's not really necessary that you say all those words or whatever. You know, all the scripture says is whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But just humbly call to God and he will save you. Uh, But want to encourage you to do that. I'm going to ask the worship team to go ahead and come on back up. Uh, Sometimes people... Sometimes people are reluctant to believe for their own reasons, okay? And, um, and, for, and for some of us, believing comes easy. But what we want to see is that Jesus is the bread of God who has come down from heaven and that through believing in him, we can have eternal life. Let's pray and I'll turn it over to, the, the, to Matt and to the worship team here. God, you are great, you are awesome, you are good, you are holy. And, and Lord, all of us, we, we struggle with something called sin. And none of us are perfect, uh, we never will be, and all of us need a Savior. And God, we are so grateful for your grace, your mercy, your kindness. Lord Jesus, we are grateful that you would love us so much, that you would leave heaven in all that you Uh, that that was your privilege to enjoy there, to enter, to come to this planet, uh, to be born humbly as a baby, to live a life completely sinless, uh, to to sacrifice your, your life on the cross for us because of our sin. We thank you for that. Uh, And and Lord Jesus, we praise you, worship you, because death could not hold you in the grave. But you conquered death and you conquered sin in your resurrection. And so we worship you. We praise you. Uh, Help us, God. Help us to follow Jesus daily. And God, help us uh, to invite others to follow Jesus with us. I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, One thing, I'll turn it over to uh, Matt. We do have on the back table as you leave some little invite cards. I'd encourage you just to keep one with you at all times. And if you are talking with a friend and it just it's very natural to invite them to church, you know, give them the card to say, hey, I'd love for you to join us uh, this Sunday uh, after lunch or after church. I'll take you to lunch, you know, uh, whatever. 
but, but invite a friend. All right. Thank you, Gary. Um, right now, before we have our, uh, our, before we close our service out and, and worshiping together one more time, I'd like to invite the Brown family up here to stand here next to me, Justin and, and Kimberly and Iris and B. While they're making their way up, I, another thing I just want to say quickly is uh, one of the things I'm thankful for um, is I'm, I'm thankful for Gary and for his faithful preaching of God's word. Uh, you know, it, it's um, he, he's he's diligent each and every week to study the word of God and to figure out the best way to communicate it to you and apply it. And so, Gary, thank you for all that you do for that. Um, hi. Hi. If you could step forward just a little bit more. So we have Justin and Kimberly and Iris and B. Brown. It's what's that? And Dadu. Yep. And Dadu. And um, if you don't already know, this is their final Sunday with us. And uh, tomorrow, or actually today, they start to make their way to uh, Prescott, Arizona. Um, their new mission field. Uh, I believe you're staying in Bakersfield with family tonight, and then you'll make it to Prescott tomorrow. Justin has actually already been there for several weeks now with his new job. But uh, this is their last day with us, and uh, Justin is, I've lived here almost 30 years, and I've only met one more diehard Saints fan. And it's Justin, so I wore this, I wore this just for you, bud. Um, you know, Justin and Kimberly, to say the least, have just made so many major contributions uh, to SBC. They have, they have faithfully loved and served the people of our church, the people of our community. And they've used their gifts and talents uh, to help build God's kingdom right here. And Kimberly, of course, in leading our children's ministries, uh, both of them volunteered in our student ministry way back in the day. Uh, Justin led our coffee ministry and, and helped with security. Kimberly has helped in worship with doing announcements and organizing messages and uh, activities for our children. And uh, I'm, I'm sure I'm leaving something out that you all have done, but it's been a lot. And as if all of this weren't enough, the world got a lot brighter when Iris and B came along here, uh, here at SVC. And girls, I just want to say, I am so thankful that I have gotten, uh, that we have gotten to share the first years of your lives with with uh, with you. So thank you for being born. We really appreciate it. Look at that smile. Look at that smile. And um, again, as I mentioned, um, they have faithfully loved and served SVC and the people of this community, and now they get to faithfully love and serve the people of Prescott, Arizona. And it's our privilege to send them out to do that. And that's something that's really important, a takeaway here, is that uh, we are sending them. Uh, we get to send them to this, uh, to this new mission field. You know, we're a disciple-making church, and we're sending church, uh, not by accident, not by default, but, by, but on purpose and by design. And we will always be ministry partners with you no matter where you are. And um, I want to mention as well that our children's ministry is in good hands. I want to especially thank Jackie Stansfield, Joy Roundsaval, Jeremy and Jen Protovinsky, and Brandon and Joanne uh, 
Catan for, uh, Catan for serving in children's ministry right now. We are prayerfully seeking uh, God's heart and mind for uh, a permanent leader. But until then, please know that our kids are being nurtured and shepherded by people who really want to invest in them and, and serve them. Uh, so thank you so much to our volunteers. And Browns, thank you. The impact that you have made on our church and in this community is immeasurable and it's invaluable. And um, you are blessings that God has graced us with. And I know that you're going to be blessings in Prescott. And uh, so thank you. And church, will you stand with me? And I would love to pray for them. Let's pray together, church. Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you. It has been such a joy and a privilege to have this wonderful family at SVC and in Fairfield. And they've made so many wonderful contributions to your kingdom here, and I know that they'll do the same in Arizona. And so we send them out to do that. Uh, I pray for their new jobs, for the community that they'll live in, for the new church home that they'll ultimately find. God, may they experience your favor. May they see evidence of your gracious hand upon them. And finally, God, I pray that they'll know how deeply loved and appreciated they are by you and by us. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. We love y'all. We're going to miss you. Please remain standing for our closing song. So we're going to close by declaring we're going to build our life on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. The one who loves us, the bread of heaven. And I just got to say before we sing that, thank you to Matt for inviting me to be part of this season. So great that you're back up here. Anybody glad to see Matt back up here? So thank you, brother. It's a privilege to share this platform with you. Your heart and a
Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say, You are worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. God, we live for you. Jesus, you are holy. said. Amen. May God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. Have a great one.